Welcome into the Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer. Frank Arturi. And we come at you Mondays, Thursdays, here on WGR550.com through the On Demand Audio. On Demand Audio, by the way, is brought to you by Northwest. Make the switch to Northwest, get back to living. Is that the first time I've done a sponsor read in, like, forever? Yes. Probably. Not even that our show is sponsored. On Demand is. I just felt like giving them props. Like a good person responsible host Derek Kramer Frank R. Curry and we can't have nice things apparently hope is the devil Mm -hmm. the devil his pitchfork is named hope he stabs you with it until you hurt where are you going with this Derek oh right you be both teams losing in the round of 32 and an unfortunate end for a lot of seniors that really played their hearts out. I mean, the men had a historic season. Sierra Dillard on one leg put yeah. up 29 points Yeah, for the women. I j- dang it. Dang it, dang it, dang it. That's what I got to say to that. Women gave... UConn everything they could. And that's impressive. It's UConn. And that was, yeah. That was extremely impressive. UConn, who somehow didn't get a one seed, so this is clearly a down year for them. They probably should have been a one seed anyway. Should or should not. They're generally the top overall seed. Yeah. Historically, recently. They had an entire entire recruiting class go four for four for championships. Yeah. That's UConn. I know. And UB. They had a win streak that was over 100 games. That's the team UB had to face for the women. That team. They had to face that team. And if you would have told me that the women would have been the ones to give their tough task, their run for the money, up to the end of the game, I wouldn't. it's not that I wouldn't have believed you. It's that I also think that the men would have done better as well. It would have been a tougher decision to make on that. Because again, and I've said this multiple times, anytime we talk about UB, Felicia Leggett Jack will make you want to run through a brick wall for her. Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? They gave UConn everything they can handle because that woman is legendary. Like if I meet Felicia Leggett Jack, I'm just probably gonna end up running through a wall just because like it, she'll say hello, she'll say hello, and I'll be like, "You got it, ma'am." <laughs> Take off right through a wall. So uh, I didn't say run through a wall. Do it again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like she's that motivational, that inspirational that you know yeah. you'd do anything for that woman, and yeah. those players did. And I mean. Both games, for UB, the men and the women, major size disadvantage often throughout the lineup. Mm -hmm. Sierra Dillard ends up banged up. Yep. And still comes back to try to put everything she can into it for one last run to make it back to the Sweet 16 against freaking UConn. Yeah. (laughs) As a matter of fact, you want to know how messed up it is with UConn? 
The last time UConn won a second round game by 12 points or less was 1998. Wow. UB became the second team to do that. Wow. There's your stat of the podcast right there. Yeah. I do have to give proper credit, though. Our friend Lindsey Darcangelo from The Athletic dug that one up. And that's just incredible. That is just awe-inspiring right there. That UB is the second team to do that for to UConn since 1998. That's just gross. It's impressive. Oh, and by the way, UConn had home court. Yeah. Which, of course, they did. They were on the road. UB was on the road, too. It was a road game. It wasn't a neutral site game. It was in Connecticut. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, NCAA. Sometimes the way you dog some teams is just ridiculous and favor others. But, hey, they give free Wi-Fi to their friggin' students. Well, I think in the women's, they don't have, like... The brackets go to go to different places. It's it's based on it's based on home court for the higher seed. It's still messed up. It's weird. It's weird that they don't do the same thing for the women for the women's tournament as they do the men's. Sometimes they cherry pick it for the men too in the opening rounds. No, but where where like UB went to Tulsa, the men's team went to Tulsa for the first and two rounds. And that's closer to right. Three seed, Texas Tech. But they didn't have to go to Texas Tech no, to play yes. them. But again, what I'm saying is And Arizona that, State didn't have to come to Buffalo to play UB. No, I know. What I'm saying, though, is the higher seeds sometimes get cherry-picked like that, too, in the men's side. So don't go ahead and say that this is a one-sided thing, that it's a women's tournament-only problem. Well, it also that's all based on two Texas Tech was put in the western region. No, I'm, I'm again, so, it's one of those things, though, where... You can kind of cherry pick it to the higher seeds, not playing exactly in their home stadium like UConn did for the women's side, but they make it close enough where travel's not a problem. Yeah. Zion and Duke played in South Carolina. How far of a drive is that for Duke fans? Not long. Not long at all. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that one. By the way, though, actually speaking on Duke, the UCF game, I'm not as bitter about either UB team losing compared to how UCF fans should feel about how they lost that game to Duke. That was insane. That's just terrible pain. Yeah. I would wish that on no one, and I would have hated it if that was UB. Yeah. For either of the teams. Yeah. That would have sucked royally. Yeah. Would have been the worst. All right, Frank, you want to do something stupid? Wait, now we're doing something stupid? Yes. First off, we always do. Second off, yes. What is it? I'm going to go get our brackets. Bye. All right, Frank, I got our brackets. You got our brackets. Yes, I did. So, we're going to see how bad we messed up in the round of 32 here. You ready? Well... (laughs) Well, well, both, well, both of us might have a problem with our West region. Yeah, we did the. We did seeing that as how UB unfortunately, yeah, does not get through. All right, Frank. Might as well start with the bad part with the West region, right? Yeah. All right, so 
for me, the West Region, Gonzaga, Baylor. All right, cool. Those two are good, good. Murray State, Florida State. I'm four for four in the first round here. All right, neat. Buffalo, <laughs> Texas Tech, Florida, Michigan. I swept the first round, Frank. Good for you. Look at me. It's not going to get better from here because only Gonzaga moves on along with Michigan. Yeah. Because Murray State did not beat Florida State. And no. That's what I get for making fun of Florida State. And then yeah. UB did not beat, beat Texas Tech. Tech. Yep. Therefore, they will not beat Michigan, nor will they beat Gonzaga because I'm on drugs. <laughs> All right. Should we, go, should we go region at a time for each person? Can I see mine? You haven't given me my bracket. Fine. Thank you. Have your bracket. You don't have a pen. It's fine. I'm going to have to cross them all out. All right, so I guess I'm not going one at a time per region here, am I? No, I'm not. I'm just going to do all of mine, I guess. All right, so first round, Virginia made it. Ole Miss did not. Oregon made it. Kansas State did not. St. Mary's. Why the hell did I pick St. Mary's? Why did you pick St. Mary's? I don't know, but Purdue did things. Yes. And then... Cincinnati got upset by Iowa, who yep. almost upset Tennessee, who I did correctly pick there. Yep. North Carolina, Washington. Okay. Okay. I Auburn. Utah State, but whatever. Auburn, Kansas. Yep. Ohio State beat Iowa State. Thanks, Buckeyes. You are continuing to be the bane of my existence and hatred. <laughs> Houston. Yep. Seton Hall. Nope. Nope. And Kentucky. Yay. Finally, I go up to the East region where Duke. And then not VCU. Not VCU, I did but not, UCF. I did not take into account Taco Fall. Yeah. First off, all-name team. Second off, way too tall. That man is too tall. Mm-hmm. Taco Fall is way too tall. Mississippi State? No. It was Liberty. And then Virginia Tech. Yay. Yep. You got Maryland. I did get Maryland. It was, the first, it was the first one. So Maryland and then LSU. Yep. Then Minnesota beat Louisville, which I that was no that was the first game that went final, and I'm like, ooh, I I got off to a great start. And then Michigan State did things too. All right. So the Sweet 16. Okay, so Duke went through. Yes. I had way too much faith in Mississippi State. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. Did Maryland win or did LSU win? LSU won. All right, so that, there goes that. And I know Michigan State took off. Yep. Already did the West region. Ole Miss still did not do anything, even though Virginia deserves to get laughed at. They are still in the Sweet 16 somehow. And then who won between Oregon and UC Irvine? Oregon. Yay! The Ducks continue on. Can they beat Virginia and continue to make a meme out of a number one seed? That would be great. They did. That would be great because that would mean another correct pick for me for Oregon. Same here. And then we've got Purdue and Tennessee. Yep. And then we've got North Carolina. Playing Auburn. Why in the hell? Well, Jayhawks decided to mess up. Nice job, Kansas. Then we got Houston and Kentucky. Yep. As of right now, in my round of 16, I've lost six teams. I've got 10 of them right now. I've lost. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going through your bracket okay. right now. Let's do it. Okay. All of it. All of it. Here we go. So, wow. Really good first round here in the, uh, in the East region, actually. <laughs> your only ones were Mississippi State. Yeah. Belmont. 
No Louisville. Actually, I had a better round. You missed three, I missed two. You have, you have nothing on my perfect West first round. Because Syracuse did not do a thing. No. And Nevada did not do a thing. No. Not bad, but still not mine. <laughs> that first round was perfect. But then again, you look at my South region where I missed four of the games there. That was not great. All right, Frank, let's go to your South region. Yeah. Right, right, right. Not right. Kansas State messed up everything. Yeah, they did. Right, 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 right. Okay, you got one wrong there, so might as well flip it. And then UNC, not Washington there. So nice job, Frank. Good pick. Not really. Ohio State messed up both of us, and so did Wofford. 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 Wofford, yeah. Four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Aha! I won the first round. Okay. Woo! Small victories. Small victories, yeah. Frank. Because this is probably where you pull ahead. <laughs> you've got Virginia, you've got Oregon, you've got Purdue, you've got Tennessee. You've got a perfect Sweet 16 setup right now Yay. in the South region. And then you've got UNC, not Kansas. Nice job, Kansas. Nope, not Auburn. Iowa State. Nice nope. job, Iowa State. The Buckeyes screwed Frank Houston. there. And then uh, Kentucky. Yep. Okay. Duke, Virginia Tech, LSU, not Louisville. Not Louisville, it's Michigan State. Yeesh. Yeah. You had a lot of faith in Louisville there. Uh-oh, this is where things yeah, go Yeah, the West Brackets. Gonzaga, Florida State, and, and then Frank doesn't even have the bottom. No. Because somehow you decided to pick Nevada to not just beat I had Florida, a lot of but faith beat in Michigan. Nevada. I had a lot of faith Who in you claim to be one of the better two seeds, the Wolverines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you had them losing to Nevada. Like I said, I had a lot of faith in Nevada. And then Nevada. you won't have UB there. You won't have UB there. No. That is unfortunate. So, the Sweet 16 setup. One, two, three, four, five. You beat me by one game there. We are deadlocked even. <laughs> of course we are. And there is only one consistency here, Frank. Yeah. Like, we're deadlocked even. Because yeah. there's only one team out of our Elite Eight and one team out of our Final Four. Mm-hmm. UB. Yeah, because we like being fans. Yeah. So there it is, Frank. We have some differences still to settle, but we are deadlocked even through the first two rounds. Great. Okay. And we have different winners, too. So. Yeah. We actually have almost an entirely. Nope. We had. Oh, never mind. Never mind. You have the inside edge. Bye. Dumb dumb over here. Pick Kansas to do things. Oh, that's okay. And this pen's out of ink. First off, it's green. Second off, it's dead. My shooting's like UB the other day. Or yesterday. The men, not the women, obviously. But yeah, no. Texas Tech was... uh, Exactly what you had me worried about, but we still picked through them anyway. I wasn't. You said Texas Tech was going to be a toughie. Yeah. And that they were a very good defensive team. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm picking UB anyway. And then you did the same thing. I did the same thing. But I thought UB shooting would be better than what it was, especially early on. It was not. Yeah. And. 
you saw that anytime UB got down low in the paint, Texas Tech would swarm. They also had the size advantage, unlike and, any other. Yeah, because they because they have the size advantage. They that was their game plan. It hurts. And because they did it so early and so much, UB had trouble establishing themselves. But then, and then when they tried, but then, then when early they, on, but then when they tried to get the shots off, they couldn't get them. But early on, UB came back from thirteen down to take the lead for the yeah. only time. Yeah, they had their they had. They had their run. They had their run. What happened was, after that run, they couldn't hit a field goal for the life of them. Yep. And that is what undid them. I think I remember seeing something about like a 21-3 to run by Texas Tech mm-hmm. that just obviously undoes, undoes anything that you could do. So, it's a tough end to a great season. For both of these teams. The women put up a fight against UConn. But it's not enough against one of the most storied programs in all of women's basketball. The men can't do anything about against a very defensively stingy Texas Tech. Texas Tech made them play their game. And the Bulls don't do well when they don't score points. So that's that. It's unfortunate. Like I said, it was a it was a great season for UB, and that's something that cannot be ignored. Oh no, no, it can't. And everyone's going to see how it ended when they go out here on a whimper, and they're going to think, "Oh, what a what a flop of a season!" You know, typical Buffalo team sort of finish. And no, it's not really. I mean, yeah. It's going to end in disappointment for all but one team in the entire country. Yeah. There are hundreds of schools. That would love nothing more than to win an NCAA championship, no matter what their division is. The problem is, is no matter how good you are as a mid-major school, the Power Five, the Power Five conferences always reign supreme every year. They can recruit. Because they recruit. No, it's not about they can recruit. It's about they recruit better players. Because all the best high school recruits want to go to those schools. Yep. They don't want to go to a UB. They don't want to go to a, any any other team in the MAC or in the back. I see or, what you did there. Yeah. But they don't want to go to those schools. UB always is going to be victim of getting the – Second layer of recruits, and, and you can get, you. and that's it, not—it's not like it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's just in basketball you win with star power. In college, in, in the NBA, it's you see it night in and night out. Obviously, in college, it's not as there, but you see it. But we're, you're seeing it this year with Zion in Duke. Yeah. The other thing is this. There's only one mid-major that really can consistently make noise and consistently get top five recruits right now. That's Gonzaga. Yeah. But Gonzaga's been doing this for years and years and yeah, years. they've had sustained success for a long time. They've had sustained success, and they've 
establish themselves as a powerhouse. Yes. Which is the goal yeah. for a mid-major. To try to be a Gonzaga-esque team. Yeah. Sometimes you fade out of the picture, like Butler. Mm-hmm. When you lose your amazing coach to the Boston Celtics. Thanks, Boston. You ruin everything once again. So, yeah, no, it was it was a rough ending, but I would rather take fading off than losing by one point on a missed tip after a missed shot, both of which should have gone in. Oof, man. Voodoo, wizardry, and bullcrap. That's what happened to UCF. Yep. Those are the only three reasons I could think of as to why neither of those shots at the end of the game fell in. However, UCF did do it to themselves a little bit as well. Why the hell are you going up for an alley-oop when you're up by four? You put that game to six, that's almost salting. Instead, Duke comes back around and makes it a one-point game. And then your tall taco fouls Zion, who gets them eventually to the lead. And then you don't have your waterfall to use for the final possession of the game. Yeah. That man, I'm still not over that. how tall that man is. Taco Fall. He is too tall. He's tall. Seven, six. Yeah. Like, what? Did you see the picture of are him? There, are there NBA t- players that are often that tall? How tall was Yao Ming? Pretty much that. Oh, you have the computer. It's still freakish. Seven six. Good lord, the man was the man is as tall as Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out of here, man! All right. But yeah, no, it's it's still incredible. He's an eight foot. I think they said it was like an eight foot six wingspan as well. He doesn't even have to jump to dunk the ball. No. It's whack. Did you see or if the picture, he does. Did you see the picture <laughs> of him on him on his knees and he's still as tall as most players? Yeah. Oh, That's, it's incredible. That dude is a wonder. A genetic wonder, mm-hmm. I'm calling it. Anyway, we, don't, we have to stop, because I just said it earlier. We need to stop calling people freaks for just being abnormally tall. That's just a genetic wonder. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. I think I'm done talking about college hoops right now. I'm still salty. Because I got one last thing to say. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, um, Texas Tech sucks. But I don't know. Oh, yeah, you guys have uh, – you guys had Mike Leach. Suck it. And UConn, you guys are the best women's program in women's basketball. History. History. Oh, yeah? Well, you guys are the best program in women's college basketball history, and you're only a two seed this year. Take that. 
and your mother and your mother, all your mothers. Those are my final words okay. for Texas Tech and UConn. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. We're going to leave it at that. You're not going to say anything? Well, guess what? And your mother. Why? Is a very nice lady. Yeah, she is. But you know who else? And Phil Housley's mother. Yeah, I went there. Because he's going to scratch a rookie center with seven games left in the season. Like, what is the point? He's officially gone mad. What is the point? If you're going to so, rest him, because so, say rest is the main reason. Because, yes, playing in a college schedule, um, going from college schedule to pro schedule is not going to be easy. We saw it with Brock Besser, actually, in his rookie year with Vancouver. But they were scratching him earlier in the season. Yeah. Not later. Not later, when he can actually use the time. Yeah. And we're going to see Lawrence Pilot probably on the third pairing. Because he's been recalled. Yes. Or maybe even in the press box, who knows, Bogosian might play. And I know I don't want to put too many lefties in the lineup. Dude, if you do both of these things, scratching Middlestat and Pilot, I want you on the next rocket ship to the freaking sun. And take Gary Bettman with you. Please. <sighs> So, yeah, there's that. We can look forward to tons of happy times against the Devils tonight. Yay! Yay! There is some good news, though. There is? Alex Nylander's looking like a thing. He is. And a good thing. Yeah. Seriously, the magic of turning 21 has just been a wonder for Alex Nylander. Duke swig some wobbly pops and uh, score goals. That's that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so, Alex Nylander, though, no, now next season, though, not only looks like a, a player that will be on the roster, could contend for top six minutes, depending on who the coach is. Yeah. Yeah, really. like I'm encouraged. Mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing there with Alex Nylander. I mm-hmm. liked what I saw from him in the preseason, as a matter of fact. So I'm staying kind of consistent on this damn tone of mine, aren't I? You are? Because I remember I put up an article saying that there was a case for Alex Nylander to make the roster. And, of course, staying consistent with my values, one of the players I suggested they should have sent down was Semgus Gergensens. Sometimes I'm anything but... Just consistent, Frank. Sometimes? Okay, most of the time I'm consistent with my thoughts. I could be wrong about them, but damn it, I will be consistent. Stick to your beliefs. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. (laughs) (laughs) But Nylander's actually looking very promising. I'm liking what I'm seeing there. I'm very confused as to why the hell 
this defense continues, though, to let players wide open to score goals. You are a defensive coach. You are a Hall of Fame defenseman. Yes, you were one of the best offensive defensemen in the history of the NHL, but you were still, at the end of the day, a defenseman. Why the hell does the defense suck chunks? It's a question we'll never have an answer for. It's a question I want an answer for. We all do. I need it. I texted you yesterday saying I am now 99% on the wagon of Housley getting fired. Honestly, I don't know what to think anymore. I could see him coming back just because reasons. As I said, as I've as I've been saying too, though at the same time, if Batro believes in Housley, he's gonna stay. If he doesn't, he's getting fired. I don't. I know Paul talked. Paul talked about after um, uh, I think it was the Toronto loss. He said they may have to. Dude, it might be more of where... The Sabres have won 14 of their last 49 games. Yeah. That is, at the end of the day... Fireable. For most teams, a fireable offense. Yeah. Granted, Hugh Jackson would have killed to win 14 of 49 games, but... He'd have killed it just the way. A, that's a different sport, and B, (laughs) and B. Again, it's just one of those things where the team just—they look lost. Yeah, it's really become apparent that the players are not responding to Housley's coaching. Either that, or they're lost. They're lost because they can't respond to – because they don't know what – because they constantly don't know what to do. When you, when, you're go, when you get asked to do something and you don't know what to – and you don't know how to do it, what are you going to do when you go to try and do it? You're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to respond. You're going to respond well. Or you're just going to fail. Yeah. Immensely. Yeah. I will still say the players aren't good enough, but at the same time, it's a constant thing night and night out, and there doesn't seem to be any signs of improvement. At the same time, there was a part of the season where we would have killed for the Sabres to score four goals. Yeah. And they give up a touchdown. Yeah. You want to talk about playing out the string. That is the the Sabres season. games where... You win two to one, and then where the he- when the hell have they won a game two to one recently, or even in their about or even the- in their fourteen wins since the winning streak? I was talking about the winning streak, right? Two to one, three to two, and then after that, yeah, they had the trouble. They had the trouble with the secondary scoring, and then, but even then, those games that they were losing were more three two four two games, and. They start to get some secondary scoring, and now they can't prevent goals from going in their net. Yeah. Whether it's the goaltending or the defense, I don't know who to blame more at this point, but I do know this. It's not good. Make it stop. We've only got a couple of weeks left. It just shows that the team is just 
the team was going to be inconsistency was going to be a problem for this team. This is not inconsistency anymore, Frank. That's exactly it. But that's exactly it. Inconsistency was going to be a problem heading into the year. Now, this is not inconsistent. This is just bad. It's consistently bad. Yeah. It is inconsistently inconsistent. Inconsistency means you have high points and low points, but you're still getting, but you can get better from them. But it's constant. Yeah. the, The inconsistency becomes constant. Yes. Whereas right now, the only thing that's inconsistent is their inconsistency. Yeah, pretty much. Yo, dog, I heard you like some inconsistency. Might as well put some inconsistency on your inconsistency. Insert inception joke here. (laughs) No, but it, you know, I was on board with keeping Housley, but. It started that way with me, too. Yeah, but now it's quickly gone to. But for me, it was. Where I will agree with. Paul with Paul Hamilton when he says they may have to, it might be they have no choice but to fire him. And again, that's what happens when you win only 14 of the last 49 games. Yeah. They're tied with the Rangers now in the standings. Do you remember something that I said earlier in the podcast? Yeah. When they started the, the slide. Caught up to you, then if the Rangers catch up to you, then you're cooked. Guess what? The Sabres just happen to be out of playoff contention now. Yeah. And they're now with the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you couldn't even beat the freaking Rangers. They did it once this year. Mm-hmm. Whoop-dee-doo. So your team is now as bad as the Rangers. And granted, it's a good thing that I don't have to call it anymore. Yeah. Because it's already been called officially. Mm-hmm. Mathematically. Mm-hmm. Dunions. Cooked. Gone. See ya. Hasta la vista. You're gone. You're walking away from it like Gronkowski with the Patriots, and that's the segue. I was going to say, though. No, Frank, that's the segue. I'm done talking about the Sabres. (laughs) I'm done with them. They're done with me this season, apparently, so I'm done with them. They're going to scratch a freaking – I guess this isn't the segue. Now you did it. (laughs) They're going to scratch their – Freaking first round pick from last year, healthy scratch him because of the fact that oh he's he's been playing a lot of games and everything like that, and he needs some rest. And you know what? And then 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 just just end the season already. Just end it. End our misery. I was gonna say end our pain. This off season is gonna be very important for Botchel's future. I want Capo Caco because that's an awesome name. It is an awesome name. Also, I don't think that we should be getting another first overall pick. We're not deserving of it. And then no. again, neither was Edmonton. Are we the new Edmonton? Are we the new Edmonton? Night. Hopefully not yet. We would need to win more draft lotteries to do that. Yeah. That's a burn, Oilers. You kept a stupid, stupid GM for one too many years. But then again, so did we. Crap, we're Edmonton light. We're the Edmonton of the East. We're Edmonton light. Yeah. Not quite all of the terror of trading Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, but signing Milan Lucic and now currently 
just as Buffalo is wasting Jack Eichel or wasting Connor McDavid. But those moves can be given back with a, oh, hey, uh, I mean, we did trade Ryan O'Reilly for a pair of bona fide scrubs, a young guy who's tall and not fully developed yet, and a first-round pick. Meanwhile, Ryan O'Reilly's having a career year. And then uh, for your Milan Lucic contract, we see you a lighter version of that, of a not-as-terrible but still pretty bad contract of Kyle Oposo. Granted, that was caused by health issues, not just because that he's bad. Oposo's a plug, yeah. like Lucic is. Yeah, I said that. Fight me. No, don't fight me. You'd probably destroy me, Lucic. But my point remains. They've got bad situations that are, while not as much of the cap hell as Edmonton is heading towards. They are in it right now. That's true. They couldn't recall Andre Sekera for a large part of the season until they waived players that they had traded for. Mm-hmm. And then, by the way, Brandon Manning was sitting in the press box in the AHL. So we're not there yet. But Edmonton can always counter back with, oh, yeah, we made the playoffs recently. What about you? No. We have the Bills? Yeah. (sighs) Man. I hate this team. Mm -hmm. You said it it earlier. Make it stop. This team is stupid. They're just stupid. This team is stupid, and we're all stupid for hoping that they wouldn't be stupid. <laughs> Everything is stupid. Yeah. Life is stupid. What? Um, <clears throat> let's talk about happier things. Okay. We don't have to deal with Rob Gronkowski anymore. As a New England Patriot. Yeah. Congrats to him. Seriously. I I know he tormented the Bills, but... He's a home. He's tormented home. me, Frank, personally. I know he did. I know he can still go to hell for that, even though I'm very unathletic. And he wouldn't. You can rem- at least say that you got trucked by a Hall of Fame. I NFL didn't get trucked. Player. I just got mossed. You got mossed by a Hall of Fame player. Awesome. And the greatest part about it is that he will never remember this because no, he won't. He's done it to professionals. Yeah. So my hatred for Rob Gronkowski stems from 2006. When I played in a football game against him in high school. It didn't end well for me. Largely because I'm 5'11 and not that athletic. Eventually becoming a defensive lineman. And he is. But my stint at <laughs> linebacker did not end well. No. How's that? So there's the Sparknotes version of that story. <laughs> and then after that, it became, oh, he's a New England Patriot. Great. Now I have to hate this guy. More so than I already shouldn't have to be hating him, but I do, like, low-key hate him for it. I, I jokingly say this, of course, because, I mean, who the hell cares about high school football other than people that – still wear their varsity jacket everywhere and should just be an unnecessary nuisance to the world itself. I just like to bring it up as something that I can relate to professionals. Imagine if the Bills had drafted him. He went one pick after the – Terrell Troop. Yep. I mean, you can imagine it, but at the same time, 
That would have been a heck of a story. Would have been a heck of a story. But again, Buffalo's quarterbacks are also not the greatest of all time. Oh, no, no. Of course not. So what are you going to really do about it? He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Probably. Yeah. I I don't know about probably. I'd say there's a decent shot because there are guys that are yeah, waiting that should that, get in. Yeah. So let's 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 visit this one five years down the road. Yeah. But I'd punt that question to five years down the road. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a few months for people that are angry about you know the cheap shot to Tre'Davious White. I can guarantee you now that it's done, it's over with, and the man has retired, it's not going to come up anymore. Was it a dirty play? Absolutely. Should everyone hate him for it at that time? Sure. Should he have been suspended? Yes. When the play happens, it's done, it's over with. Unless he brags about blasting Tredavious White in the head to this day, Kind of like how Antonio Brown's bragging about the fact that he didn't go to the Bills. Well, you know what? I don't need to carry that grudge anymore with him. It was a bad play. Is it what he should be remembered for? No. It's the only time he's ever really done anything that malicious. Yeah. To me and to probably everyone else in the entire country. He's just a fun-loving derp that's really good at football. It was a very uncharacteristic play from him, and I'm sure that he had the remorse from it like a normal person would, and we're done. He doesn't bring it up as something like a crowd, a crowd, a crowning career achievement, you know? So it is what it is. It happened, and you should be pissed about the hit, but do we need to carry it forever and ever? No. I say this as I mockingly brought up the fact that I've gotten mossed by the man. More than 10 years ago. So, Drew Rosenhaus, who's Gronk's agent, had said said this, um, I believe, earlier today. If the team was struggling or they needed him at some point next season, Brady could hypothetically call him and say, hey, we need you for a few games, and he, he wouldn't be shocked if he came back to play. So it might be a Brett Favre retirement is what you're telling me. Could Whereas be. we're not sure, could be, but he, but Rosenhaus also said, you could see him, you could see Gronk getting into acting and wrestling. Yes, yo, if he joined the WWE, that would be that'd be amazing. You see, here's my thing. Rob Gronkowski's brand is very much that of a meathead, so he'd be perfect for the WWE. Which is why, on June 9th, I would expect that announcement to be made. I'm being as simply blunt as I can about that. No, I know. Jeremy uh, also posted, in 15 career games against the Bills, Gronk had 1,070 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 69 catches. Because of course. Yeah, <laughs> because of Just course. Just because of course. That's, what exa- that's exactly how things would end up going down. Of course it's. Of course it's that. Of course it happens like that because Gronk logic defies normal logic. It's just what happens. 
you can't explain it. The man was happy when he had 69 career touchdowns. Yeah. So like I said, I fully expect his announcement to join the WWE to be on June 9th. I hope so. That'd be awesome. He had one of the best careers of a tight end in the NFL. Yeah. I am very happy. I don't have to see him terrorize the Bills twice a year. Yeah. And if it's true that he's been living on endorsement money, which is pretty pretty buku bucks when you're a player of the stature of Rob Gronkowski, and he hasn't used any of his contract money, well, he's got plenty of money to go ahead and live the rest of his life on. Mm-hmm. Which would also portray a smarter side of Rob Gronkowski that people don't expect. If he's capable of saving that money and following smart financial advice. Right? Yeah. That would portray someone who, yeah, he's definitely a meathead, but he actually followed some pretty sound advice. Yeah. Which I would tip my cap to him for. Mm -hmm. And it would also be the only thing I tip my cap to him for. Enjoy retirement, Rob Gronkowski. And I'm fairly certain that we will be seeing you in the near future doing something. And I'm pretty sure that, you know what, now that you're not a Patriot, half of Bills fans already hate you less already. Congratulations. You're already being accepted more to your community (laughs) just by leaving New England. Yeah. Leaving the Patriots. Being done with that. There will be half of the fan base that goes, oh, okay, he's gone. Uh, when's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? No, seriously. That's the more important No, one. seriously, when is Tom Brady and Bill Ch- Bill Chick's announcement going to come? Yeah. When are those coming? That, that's more no, important. No, seriously, I'm not kidding. That's but seriously. more important. But seriously, when are they announcing their retirement? They need to walk away. They've done enough. Seriously. You got anything else, Frank? Because I do. Yeah? I got one more thing. You got one more thing? I got one more thing. What's your one more Our thing? Our usual plug. I took part in a captain's skate yesterday. How for was the 11-day power play. I was easily the worst person on the ice. I could point to every person on the bench and be like, I screwed up a scoring chance from you, from you. I scored up three scoring <laughs> chances from you. You set me up four times, and I messed up all of them. Like, I'm not kidding. I was I was the worst person out there, and it was not even close. Luckily, mm. I don't have to face any of those guys during our shifts for the 11-day power play. <laughs> That's refreshing for me. But seriously, funds benefit research to take on cancer. At Roswell Park. They also support Camp Good Days and they support Make a Wish Foundation. They help families with those affected by cancer to try to, you know, allow them to live a normal life, even if only for a week or so, before they have to go back to the hell of dealing with cancer. So donate the pages pinned to our Twitter site handles. Mine is at Derek Kramer49. Mine is at Frank R. Curry. We'll be uh, we'll be hammering the heck out of it, and I I genuinely hope you're not sick of us saying that because that would be terrible. (laughs) 
You know, that would be that'd be a pretty not cool thing. But donate to the eleven day power play. We take the ice. I take the ice on the tenth of July as well as the eleventh of July. And I'm not sure if Frank's gonna be there for the tenth, but I know he's gonna be there on that morning of seven eleven. Yo, we can get Slurpees that day. We'll be able to get Slurpees after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna end it on that with the thought of Slurpees. Peace.